Hello legends and welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today is a special episode. It is our first Cub success story episodes where I'm catching up with two incredible Cub members, Marcelo Pinto and Monica Lama. Marcelo and Mon met at Cub. They've created a company together. They joined with really very little expectations as it sounds in the interview, but the things that the club has brought them are a truly incredible story. And that's what this episode is all about today. Getting to know Monica and Marcelo much better and getting to hear about their experience here at Cub. Marcelo is an investment expert and Monica is a lawyer that specializes in family law. Together they've started Pinto Lama Lawyers, which is and very innovative new legal firm that makes it better for the lawyer, a better working environment for the lawyers themselves. Um, it's a super cool episode. We talk cub up a fair bit, but I hope you enjoy the show. And we're live. Um, just a funny side note, Monica, who's here with me today, is like, was like, Daniel, uh, I'm freaking out. Like, what are you freaking out about? She's like, I, 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 what are you going to ask me? I'm like, I don't know. It's just a conversation. It's not an interview. We're just going to talk like we do in the clubhouse all the time. And she's like, well, but I prepped, but I prepped. And I'm like, what did you prep? She's like, oh, let me just get my sheet. And she's reading through her sheet. And she goes, okay, um, yep, uh, I started the business five years ago. I was like, Mon, did you really need to prep when you started it? I said to her, we might have to rescind your membership. <laughs> no, no, welcome to the show, guys. Marcelo, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very good and mon sorry to embarrass you to start but That's i thought okay. hey, i'd break the ice straight yes, away and that did. way we could get you relaxed and look you sound relaxed now Thanks, so it's Daniel. awesome i love it guys today you you're actually the first guests we have that are doing this uh, new kind of special type of episode which we're calling cub success stories so we've got just i guess normal episodes we've got a uh, cub team episodes which so far have been the highest rated episodes dream team yeah and now we've got <laughs> cub success stories and you guys are the first on that. And the purpose of the success stories is quite literally just to share some of the really amazing stories and people behind them uh, that have happened because uh, through the club and through the membership. So thank you guys for being here. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, why don't we figure out who we are sitting next to? Uh, Marcelo, why don't you um, uh, give a, just a short introduction to yourself and, and, and your business? Pleasure. So I am a director of Pintalama Lawyers and I'm the chief investment manager at Exponential Investments. So I'm a professional investor and I always have been. Okay. And I'm taking care of the um, non-law side of the law practice. Of the business. And, and just to clarify for the listeners, the Pintalama Lawyers is a business that was born out of Cub through the through the meeting of, of Monica and Marcella. And that's one of the big things we're going to be talking about today. But I think what else is very important to know is that you are a lifelong investor. Yes. That's, that's your specialty, yes. not law. Yes. Very cool. And Mon, what about yourself? Um, so I'm also a director of Pinto Lama Lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, I Which started five years ago. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry. Okay. No, that's, that's the other practice. That's practices. the other <laughs> um, And um, so I manage the lawyers. Good. So, and, what's the, and the other practice is? The other practice is that I'm a family lawyer. So that was born five years ago. And you're a family lawyer? I'm a family lawyer in so, that practice. And in Pinto Lama Lawyers, I'm also a, a, a family lawyer. My role mainly is to look after the lawyers. And the director of the business. Yes. You, you manage the business. And and t- t- with family law, what does that mean? So you've got to deal with a lot of um, um, a lot of divorce. Divorces. Of, what, what, what types of things are in family law? Trusts or? As, so so sort of three parts to it, main parts you could say. So there's divorces, so just the annulment of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the, the property settlements, so mm-hmm. people have assets and you want to divide them. Um, and then there's children's issues when there's disputes about, you know, where the children live, how much they spend time with each parent. And then you get to the fun parts, which are prenuptials and people when they're still happy and they decide to <laughs> get together and yeah. and you can sort of work out what's going to happen. With so prenups, so you do prenups. prenups? Yes. Okay, so I'll be calling you. We've got a lifelong client. Is it true, is it true that you've got a lifelong client? Repeat customer. That's right. We get repeat you business. You do, you get repeat customers. <laughs> it's the 80 20 law. 80, 80% of your business comes from 20% of your client. That's right. Well, we probably known. don't want you to get a prenup. No. <laughs> Litigation afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, Mon, it's a, it's a really interesting space you're in family law because it's something very personal and mm-hmm. it's something um that is actually quite ugly a lot of the time no like 
Yes. Would you say that? Um, yes, it can be. It can be. But I guess it's it's one of those areas where you need to, as a lawyer, be able to sift through the emotions, sift through things which are not legal, so to speak, and and just draw out the issues and try to resolve it as quickly as possible. Focus on the legalities, yes. make it as simple as possible. As simple as possible and as quickly as possible, not to drag it. So that's always kind of in your philosophy, yes. I guess. Yeah, commercial and resolutions is the best way to do and it. And what made you become a lawyer? What made you become a family lawyer? Um, what made me become a lawyer? Well, just I think I had a midlife crisis when I was about 23 and I decided... <laughs> Wait, you're only going to live for 46? <laughs> <laughs> it was an early midlife crisis and I thought... I've always, I was always sort of in the science field and and it didn't go as planned and so I just sort of woke up one morning and go, what am I going to do with my life and I'll do law. You were a scientist, were you? No, or not in the science field. No, it was, I was always keen on doing medicine. That was sort of my, my wow. field. Wow. Yeah. And you ended up – and tell us what happened. What happened? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that was always my passion since I was about seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I did get a scholarship to study medicine overseas and um, I had a car accident and that sort of – Change the path. Change paths. And, and do you ever think? Do you ever um, wish I would? Did yeah. That. Do you ever wish you went no. to medicine, or do, are you? Do no, you, I'm happy. So life happens for a reason. Yeah. And, and you yeah. kind of like where you are now. Yeah, I do. Amazing. I, yeah. And well, I'm happy you are here too. Well so, done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and why family law though? Because that's a very particular type of law. Like I said, it's a very personal one. It's a very difficult one. Yeah, you got to deal with a lot of drama. I think it's um, – the drama's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like I work in a super <laughs> Actually, do you know what it's like? It, it's I get involved. Monica handles it better than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I always look at it almost like it's like a Jerry Springer show. You never know what you're going to get, right? Like mm-hmm. a box of chocolates, right? Mm-hmm. Come Friday afternoons, it's, oh, it's the weekend. I need to see my kids. What's going to happen? And then Monday morning you hear all the drama of the weekend. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of good in that way. But why family law? It was always either family law or crime that I was very interested in because I think they're the only really um, – two areas of law and probably all the other lawyers who are listening probably will agree with me that people can get emotional in other areas of law. But I think it's crime and family law are really the only areas that are really related to people's personal issues, you mm. know. They've either been arrested or charged with something. It's it's a very personal issue as opposed to, you know, commercial corporate where um, it relates more to sort of business or company issues yeah. or sort of, you know, business relationships with other people. And why do you think that you were so interested in the personal sides of law? Um, I think it's because you could really, you know, sort of help people from a personal level. Yeah. Um, and I think that sort of ties in with um, – um, and Marcelo probably disagree with me here that, <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> law is also a service and it's not just a – it's not only a business side to the practice but also it's a service side to the practice and the service is where you can really help people. And so you're saying you feel that by focusing on the, pers- the more personal, I guess, types of law – uh, you're able to have a bigger impact and, uh, and have a positive impact on your clients' lives yeah, as opposed to right. just doing the corporate stuff. Correct, correct. Awesome, very cool. Yeah, and and what, what made you join – how long did you join CUP? About two years ago. We're on to our third – You're on your third year currently. Yeah, yeah. And, and what made you join in the first place? What were you searching for? Well – um, I wasn't really searching but your Facebook ad kept coming up on my feed and I kept dismissing it, dismissing it and then I thought there must be this must mean something. I'll just mm. apply. And so I sent the whatever you had at the time and then literally at like 7.30 in the morning I get a call from Anthony. I thought, God, this guy's eager. It's <laughs> <laughs> 7.30 in the morning. And then what about I thought, Cub sales process? <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, you know what, this is good. He's an early morning starter. That's like me. I get up early. To do my work. So I thought, you know what, maybe we'll have some sort of gel, we'll work. <laughs> Did you know what's so interesting about that? That was actually our plan. You know why? We were like, who gets up early, starts work early? Business owners. Mm-hmm. And it, during the day, they're super busy because they've yeah. got their teams and things like that. Interesting. We actually sat down and we said, hey, let's call these people before. <laughs> before they, and yeah. look at that. She's That's like, a good oh, idea. I like this guy. Yeah, he wakes yeah, up yeah, early. I did. I, I did. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Well, then um, I tried to meet up with him at least three times and cancelled on him three times and then was late for half an hour and I thought, oh, he's not going to take me seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, we're persistent and we're, we're, luckily we did. Lucky we are like that because we have one of our, our best members. So yeah, that's awesome. And, and what? so you just joined. Why did you join? What did you want to gain? What did you think it was going to be? Um, well, when I came and met Anthony, I was really impressed with um, just his story that he told me about and, and how Cub started. And, and I thought, you know, this is, this is really um, – you don't often get young people so keen and so energetic about doing things and that's what I found really – um, you know, inspiring to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the whole concept of what it was. And I joined Cub um, just because I had obviously was running my practice and I thought, you know what, Mike could give me some ideas to improve 
the business side of the practice. And I thought, you know, meet some cool people. So you um, didn't really have any like grand expectations. You just kind of. I just sort of thought I'll just give this give a, it a go. Shot. See, see, it wasn't. I wasn't expecting anything in return. It was more. Let's see what I can sort of learn from other people. Cool. I like that. We'll leave that there. Marcelo, what about yourself, man? Um, why? How long have you been? How old are you? I'm thirty. Oh, you're fucking young. Yeah. I thought you're older than that. Yeah. And and so you've it's the Botox. always yeah. <laughs> So you've always a shout out to our member um John Hopkirk who can actually give you Botox. So, <laughs> yeah, so if anyone needs any he's actually done a podcast on the, it was a great episode yeah. too. But uh, he's the global medical director of Laser Clinics Australia and they do Botox. So <laughs> if you want to top up, get him. But um, it goes with the suits. Yeah. No, but Marcelo, tell us a bit about your, I guess, your path and how you got to into investment and why. So I've always been into investment since I was very young. I don't, I don't know exactly why. Just you're drawn to things from a really young age. I was just drawn to money. I was drawn to investment from a young age. Mm-hmm. My parents are actually not business people, um, but my grandfather was a good intra- entrepreneur and I was really drawn to what he did. He was a builder mm-hmm. and I loved seeing like the houses go up. I loved the selling process. Mm-hmm. I loved the money at the end. I like going to the bank with him. We used to go to the bank to get a loan. You really love cash, eh? I thought that was fun. Yeah. Who doesn't? I grew up with Hey, I'm number one. <laughs> so, and, and, and so you got into investment and yeah. I guess how did you start your career in, 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 that, in that game? So my parents used to invest um, like on my behalf. They were not very good at it. And then I read lots and lots of books about it. Um, by the time I finished university, I'd built up a bit of a nest egg. So I was like, I don't know what to do now because – very young, obviously, it's a bit young to go out on my own. So I went and got a job and worked at JP Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I continued building up um, the portfolio on the side. And after a couple of years, I was like, there's no secret to this. Let me just go out and do it on my own. And, so and that's exactly what that. I did. Yeah. And so, what do you, are there any particular types of investments you, you specialize in? Yes. So we have two products. So we do secured lending. So we lend to businesses. It's hard for businesses to get money in Australia. So we lend to them. So, but just to clarify, that's, when, that's one. When, so I'm going to stop you there only because I've got a question about it. Yeah, yeah. So when you say you invest, well, you lend, but yes. you're but you're an investor. So you're so you uh, raise capital and then lend the money out. Yes. Or you invest into vehicles that do the lending. No, we lend the money out ourselves. Okay, very yeah. cool. And what's the other? What's and the other, other one is equity investing, like stock market investing. And what are some trends that you've seen? Uh, at the moment this year have Ma- massive growth towards technology i'm very happy that we've we've um, made the change actually a couple of years ago i thought instead of um doing that i'd make the business really industrial like buy up businesses and have manufacturing i definitely um, am glad we don't we didn't do that and i have no intention of doing that tech is um where all the growth is and e-commerce is yeah. extremely and profitable. that's obviously just been skyrocketed yeah you? it's just brought the world forward 10 years and it's very obvious that that's going to continue. Cool. And what was the reason that you you joined the same year as Monica, but you didn't yeah. know each other, did you? No. And and why did you? What was the process for you joining? So I actually had a really good impression of um, Cub and Anthony the first time I joined. We had um, dinner. I love at how the, Anthony. Uh, oh, Anthony uh, got well, you I didn't know you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um, had dinner with him at the Apollo mm-hmm. with a couple of other members. I think it was like Wayne Fraser, Adrian Honduras. Um, and I was like, wow, these are my kind of people. I love meeting business people. So for me, it was uh, straightforward. And to what join. did you want to gain out of your membership? What was the reason you joined? I wanted to meet like minded people, ambitious people. And just, I know that the most important thing is who you surround yourself with. So, yeah. you know, if you surround yourself with good people, it's a key for success. Awesome. Awesome. And so you both really joined with no really, yeah, grand kind of ambitions from the club. You joined mm-hmm. because you. Monica, you were almost kind of curious. <laughs> well, I, actually, I think I think the real reason what Marcelo told me the reason he joined was he went on a boat one day and he goes, "Hey, this is a cool club. I'm joining." <laughs> did, did you really? That was yeah, the I reason did. He joined. That was my first Before ever event. Before I was, event. Member, or it was, Before I was a, a member, I was really? like, "Wow, I'm definitely signing up to this." <laughs> but did you meet most important? The boat probably was pretty nice. But did you meet good people? On yes. The boat? And is definitely. that what kind of yes, got you over the line? Definitely. Do you think that if do you think that uh, if more Members thinking, business owners thinking about joining, had the opportunity to actually experience, I guess, the other members in a sense that they that would help them. One hundred percent. If you see the caliber and the quality of some of the members at the club, I don't think there's any. um, You'll have any problem signing up if you don't. Because one of the things for me was who's going to be there. 
because you don't want to waste your time and that's what your you're money. Buying. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're buying. The other yeah. people. Yeah. Correct. I'm like a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> so are we allowed to say that? Like, yeah, we are. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, but maybe your job is better than that. <laughs> Only fractionally, though. <laughs> it is. So, you know, my my job's super cool because I sell people, but also people don't cost anything. So true. like like you know, people are buying the opportunity to the network cheap, with you. People are cheap according to you. They, they don't are. cost anything. It's like slave anything. labor here. It's <laughs> 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 pretty cool to be. No, I'm joking. Slaves not cool, but um. But, um, yeah, so that would be a really cool thing for us to do, wouldn't you it? You should do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. And so well, do you guys want to just tell us, I guess, a bit of the story about um, your, first, your first experiences at Carbon and kind of what's that, what that's led to now? Yeah, absolutely. So at, at first, you know, it was just a warming in process. Like you didn't know anyone at the club. I was going to welcome evenings. I was just trying to meet um, – you know, people and connect. Yeah. And then after a while you develop friendship groups, you get to know everyone and then that's how I uh, met Monica and we hit it off from the beginning. It was really good. We had a lot of common values, a lot of common… Um, Where did you guys meet? Welcome evening. And a welcome yeah. evening. I actually oh, didn't good. even know Marcelo was there. Um, maybe I heard him talking about investing and I thought, oh, I don't know, what's shares? Scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was talking to another club member um, and he just happened to come and we started talking while I was with finishing off the conversation, I said, oh, let's just finish off this conversation, don't go. Um, and then the other club member left and then we just, just talked. And So you met at a welcome meeting. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, and so tell us what, what's happened. How did the – you started a company together? You started so Pinto Lama um, Lawyers? Yeah, so then um, I sort of talked to, to, more, to myself more about sort of what he did. I tried to understand sort of what he did. It was going over my head at that point. And then I – um, so with Pintalama, the, the business model is a bit different to a traditional law firm. Um, so I sort of said, oh, look, you know, I was thinking of, you know, setting up this law firm. What do you think of the idea from a business perspective? And he said, okay, cool, let's do it. And I said, like, you want to do a law firm, you're not a lawyer. He goes, that's okay. And I said, okay, let's do it. And so like literally three, four weeks after we met, we set up the law practice. <laughs> that's yeah. good. So it was that quick? Yeah, it was that quick, yeah. Oh, amazing. And and so That's tell the us, relentless pace of Monica. Yeah. So <laughs> well, tell us about the – but tell us what makes Pintolama different to other legal firms and, and tell us more about Pintolama. A lot of a lot of law firms are based on an um, employer-employee type of relationship and um, so lawyers are basically employed. They're, they're required to bill, you know, 66 hours a day. Um, you know, they get harassed if they're not, you know, why, why is your time? Why is your billing down? Why haven't you done this? You know, where's the matter at? Um, they're, they're very frequently sort of micromanaged by the partners of the firm. Um, so it's it becomes a very – law is stressful as it is and when you have your employer sort of hitting on you constantly where you're doing it, it becomes even more stressful. So – what we wanted to do was um, eliminate that and, and, you know, a lot of law firms talk about work-life balance being a huge priority and having worked in a few firms in my life, I realised um, that concept doesn't exist in a law firm at all. So that was one of the main um, reasons we set up the law firm was we really wanted to give lawyers a work-life balance. So they were able to work or they are able to work um, when they want to. So morning, afternoon, weekends, take a couple of days off during the week, whatever it is, because they come on board as consultants um, and they manage their own clients how they want to manage them insofar as, you know, if they don't think an email is urgent, they don't respond today. So they'll respond tomorrow. If but they, normally they are responding. They really. are responding. Oh, definitely, <laughs> no, definitely if you send an email, I'll respond straight away, Daniel. <laughs> but, but no, they, they do the work. So And then the model also works on the basis where is, as an employer-employee, lawyers generally are, are, are receiving um, a third to a quarter of what the revenue they bring into the firm. At our firm, they're they're receiving almost up to three quarters of what they're mm. receiving. Oh wow! So it's a huge financial incentive for them to work. But also, on the other hand, we our lawyers are not just lawyers who know the law. They need to be also business oriented, entrepreneur type people who say, you know, what, I love the law. I don't want to have to worry about trust accounts and running the back end of a practice. I just want to get out, get the work in. Because the more work I bring in, the more I earn, and then just do the law. That's really cool. One thing I can relate uh, – what I really like about what you said was you said that uh, our legal firm is very different to other legal firms. But actually to, for the client it, it's the same. It's, it's the, the law. Same. It's the thing. Yes. Exactly. But what, what you've focused on is you've modernised the work environment for the actual lawyers. Yes. And you yes. said how can we attract the best lawyers possible mm-hmm. and give them the best – just make them the happiest people. And, and – and, <clears throat> 
that's a question that that uh, that's something that I work really hard at at Cabe, especially this year. Uh, and it's a question all business owners should ask themselves: is, is this the best place for each person in my team to be working? Mm. Is this the best place for them to work? Are they happiest mm. here? Mm. How can I make it better for them here? And you literally looked at the law model, which said you charge per the hour. So the number of hours um, that you that you work is how much money you make. Therefore, you must work 66 hours a, mm. a week or whatever you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that causes stress. Mm. And so you, you've flipped the model in your head. And the other cool thing you said, which I definitely relate to, is that in all, you've basically given your lawyers, your staff more freedom. Yes. But it's interesting because not everybody can handle freedom. It's not for everybody. That's why we only hire law- or we take on lawyers who are at least 10 years out because they're lawyers who don't need to be handheld. They can run their own matters. Um, and secondly, it gives clients the s- sort of confidence that they've got someone who actually knows what they're doing. Yes, but you said something even more important, which you hire entrepreneurial type yes. lawyers, business owner style lawyers, people who like that side, people who are self-motivated, yes. they can operate themselves, they can run, they don't need to be overseen. Yes. And that's 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 definitely something we do at Cup because we need an entrepreneurial team, A, because mm-hmm. I don't want to manage anyone, but B, because we only deal with entrepreneurs. Yes. The team needs to be able to relate and therefore we must search for these people and these mm-hmm. people, when you hire people like that, you need to give them that freedom Yes. so that yeah. they're choosing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're doing it at their, at their pace and they can do it better than you can. Yeah. And it actually really cool. benefits. It actually benefits the client to the extent where um, someone who has a business-oriented mind or an entrepreneurial type of mind, they understand value um, of the service and the value for the money, as opposed to an employed solicitor. And I'm not generalizing here, but those who are employed, who I just have to, you know, show my my the partner that I've billed sixty six hours a day, um, and they're not. That creates a problem in the sense where. Um, is a client overpaying potentially because of the fact that they're so guided and geared by ensuring that they have billed so many hours. The number of hours, yeah. yeah. And, and our lawyers are able to um, determine the costs for their clients, whether it's a fixed cost or, you know, hourly yeah. rate. Plus yeah. the lawyer's probably happier because they're having a better life experience at yes. work. Yes. And therefore able to deliver a mm. better a, a better service. Yes. And um, that's real cool. And Marcelo, what's your input? Because you're not a lawyer. What are you doing? Here? So I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing everything not related. So we're managing the trust account. We have the LexisNexis, which is the research um, mm-hmm. for the lawyers. There's also an ecosystem. What's LexisNexis? It's like a research package. It's, that lawyers. it's a research. So obviously, you know, law changes, cases get updated, mm-hmm. and that facility that they log on to ensures that their particular area of law is updated all the time with the recent cases. So that's so LexisNexis is a tool that lawyers use in yes. order to stay updated with law legal changes yes. or uh, cases that have happened yes. that are yes. going to change the way another case may yes. go. Yes. It's called LexisNexis. Yes. I've never heard of that. Why is it called LexisNexis? It's company. It's the name of the company. How interesting. I kind of like that. I want to call yeah. my kid that. <laughs> <laughs> LexisNexis. Lexis. <laughs> um, and, and another thing that's really good about the firm is that traditionally a, a principal of the firm would have all the matters to himself. But our lawyers, they refer internally. So say someone's a family law and comes across a commercial matter they will refer it to the commercial lawyer. If there's a will, the family lawyer will refer it to the person in wills in estates. Mm-hmm. If there's a conveyance, it'll go to the property lawyer. So we manage that Amazing. within the firm. And so you're very much the business aspect of the company. Yes. You operate the business and Mon, you're operating the management of the lawyers mm-hmm. and, and you've obviously, I mean, it's your baby in terms of the idea. You've, you, you, you knew what was going on in the legal world and you saw a better way to do it for the lawyers, which in turn... I mean, you'd hope would be better for the clients yes. as well. And so Definitely. you you were the founder of the idea and, and that type of thing. And are there many other legal firms trying systems, uh, a system like such as this? One other one. There's one other one that we know. Um, sometimes internally there might be some sort of Are they members? Um, uh, no, they're not members. Then they're not that smart anyway, so you've got to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is amazing. So you guys started this. So how many years ago did you start Pinto Lama? Last year, when we met. A year and a half. Two two years ago, yeah. So you joined Cub. Neither of you really had much of expectation of – you didn't say, I want to start a legal firm at Cub. You just joined because you wanted to meet good people, surround yourself with the right Mm -hmm. people, I guess. Mm. Uh, Monica sounds like she's just joined because Anthony called her (laughs) (laughs) and was relentless. Called her early and was relentless. It was the ad that was relentless. It was driving me. I kept dismissing it and you kept popping up. (laughs) That's not God. That's Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) But – um, you meet at your welcome evening. I don't know if it was your first no, welcome evening. Wasn't. Maybe it was the second or third yeah. welcome evening that you went to. Welcome evenings are the best because you get to meet 
all the new members. I know, but you know the yeah. problem with them now? Yes. There's so many new members joining that existing members, and with the COVID restrictions, existing members aren't able to oh, go to the annoying. welcome I know, so it's annoying. It, it, yeah, there's 30 yeah. people at the welcome evening. It's 60 in total as a club. 60 people are coming to a welcome evening. Wow. It's a lot of new members. Can we just gate crush it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> just got to make sure it's COVID. <laughs> COVID fresh. Um, so you, you, you came to Cub, you didn't have big expectations. Um, you meet at one of the welcome evenings. Monica, you thought uh, Marcelo was a bit of a uh, oof, investor. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. Anyway, you end up having a chat. You like each other. You tell him your idea. Marcelo says, hey, I love that. Let's, uh, I'm happy to jump in. I'm happy to do this with I you. I didn't invite him to do it. I it just was wanted a brilliant to run idea. it. He, just, a, he hijacked idea. it, but <laughs> anyway, it worked. <laughs> and you guys have started this legal firm. Yep. You now have uh, eight plus, an A-plus legal, uh, legal staff. You're opening in London. Um, and uh, well, what else? What else? Give us, so, what are some of the other things the club has done for this? Well, we want to grow the firm um, to have 15 lawyers in Sydney, 15 in Melbourne, <laughs> 15 in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously in London, 15 as well, and then we'll – so it's, it's, it's a, you know, three-year plan sort of. Incredible. I'd like to do it quicker, but. Well, other than Pintulama, how else has the club impacted, uh, impacted you, Marcelo? Um, so just being a lot of great people. So, yes, we did get a board member like Paul Hotz for Exponential. That was really great. He's, oh, that's uh, for your investment yes, company. Yes. Oh, okay. So Paul Hotz is on your board. Yes. Amazing. Um, and it's been great meeting people like that who, you know, had the business journey. They've gone through that. They've seen what succeeds and what doesn't Um doesn't succeed mm-hmm. and then you don't have to make the same mistakes yourself as a business owner. Yeah, and that's kind of part of the value of being surrounded by uh, other accomplished leaders is that, you know, when you get to a fork in the road, do I go left or right? There's always someone there who can tell you which way yes. to go. Yes. yes. Someone who's been there. And that's, that that's probably the best part about Cub because you've got people who, you know, a lot of people who aren't business owners don't understand business, that's mm-hmm. one. Um, two, they it's very hard to speak to them about um, anything business related or even financial things or, you know, money, raising money, how much you rate. It's a bit of a sort of a quiet thing. You, you sort of, you know, don't sort of talk about it. But at Cub you can just freely talk about all that stuff and people understand and it's like no big deal. Why do you think that helps? Why do you think it – I mean, I, I definitely believe it helps too because it helps me a lot. But why do you think just talking about work to other people – Because you, you just so learn so much and you pick up so much about being around other people who do similar things to you and think the same way. And well, I think the other thing is just speaking to other people and them and being able to relate to them in regards to what you're going through business is a, is a big help. And and so, what are some of the things that you receive from the club that you weren't expecting? Obviously, you got a business. Okay, weren't expecting definitely. that. Yeah, definitely weren't expecting. What are, like the, the don't have to be specific things, but like the friendships or the event. I don't know. Do you enjoy it? What are some of the things that that were unexpected that you got? From I just think the fact that it's so enjoyable to be around it. It's somewhere you feel welcome. It's somewhere where yeah. everyone has a lot in common with you. Mm. Um, that's really nice. It's just nice to be around people who think the same way and it's not, it's not something you have to go and look for. Yeah, Most of the members are, are, have a lot in common with me. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and it just feels welcoming, no? Like, yeah, it yeah. is. It is very well. I mean, people know you by your first name. I remember when I f- first few months I walked in, I'm just like, how do you remember everyone's names? Like I, I struggle with that yeah. you know, all the time. But yeah. it, that I found really um, amazing. No, I agree. Really I agree. I think that's one thing. That's something we did very well. We created a. We focused so hard on creating a culture that um, was almost self fulfilling, where the members actually are the culture. Mm-hmm. That even when Cub screwed up in the past and did stupid things and whatever it may be, the culture was always the thing that got us through it. You know, even mm-hmm. before we had services, like at the very beginning, when they, before there were services. We still had a somewhat good culture, mm. and that was the thing that people were buying into at that time. Mm. And 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 culture is incredible because it's very unique. Mm. Like it, let's say, and culture is something anyone can do. So let's say at Pintuilama Lawyers, you've got this incredible culture that that lawyers love. Yes. Yes, your lawyers may be making good money. Yes, they might lo- like the people they work with. But no, and but another law firm can come and copy a similar model. But what they can't copy is a culture. That's right. Mm. It's almost like a brand. Yes. You can't you can't take take someone's brand, but and you can't take someone's culture, and it makes you unique. It makes you unique for your clients, but it also makes you unique for uh, your team, which is even more important. Definitely. And that that begs the question: How do you create the best culture possible? You know, how, you, you need to. There should be, as the owner of a business, that should be one of your priorities. I, I've always said that um, that. Um, 
as the head of a, head of a business, you need to focus on just a few things. The first is obviously the direction, the vision of the, the direction of the business. You've got to lead. That everyone needs to be having a direction. You need mm. to be choosing where you're going. But the second is your team. I think it's um with regards to the direction of the business. I think it's um you know as Marcelo said, we sort of have the same. We do have the same sort of values and goals and um, ideas and um, sort of where we want to go, where we want to take the practice, and that's always been um, from the get go. So we we don't have as business partners sort of thing. We don't have issues with regards to how the business develops because we're on the same page, and mm. that makes things very easy. But from a, from a culture perspective, with regards to the practice, is um, when we interview the lawyers, we it's not a you know. 100 questions, what do you do, how do you do this? It's very much sort of a conversation to get to know them, to see what their value is as a lawyer and what can they bring to their clients. And our lawyers all have the same sort of values, which was important for us, that they provide a good service first and foremost to their clients um, and also understand the concept of the business side of law as well. So that And then was you really just important. communicate and lead by example. Yeah. You just tell people what the culture is and then you live by that culture and then naturally – that culture is going to instill itself. And that's the thing. You have to teach people a culture. Culture is something that exists and cultures exist since the beginning of time. Mm. You know, different communities have different cultures. And the reason culture exists is to allow people to understand how to belong. So yeah. if you're going to be part of something, whether it be your family, your team, uh, this club, mm-hmm. right? there's a culture. And that culture says, okay, I understand what I'm supposed to do in order to belong and I understand what what my fellow members or my fellow team members or whatever, my fellow family members, how they are going to act towards me Mm -hmm. in order to belong. And you can have toxic, as Monica knows, (laughs) you can have toxic family cultures and positive family cultures. And and so culture can be created. And I think one thing that every business owner should do, we do at a cub, is we have a culture sheet and we give that to every new uh, team member. So we induct them in our culture Culture sh- I actually can't remember every single thing that's on it. Laura, do you remember? The culture sheet has um, our work team principles, Mm-mm-mm. what's expected of you, uh, the, purpose of the, the purpose of the business as a whole, and what your purpose within that purpose is. It, it actually dictates, it, it gives them rules of how we work. Like it, it just says this is what's expected. This is so you know how you can be comfortable here at this team. You do these things, yeah. this is how you fit in. And I think that's something every business should have, a culture mm. sheet. Um um, anyway, I just went on a bit of a rant about culture there. But uh, Mon, what about yourself? <laughs> what are some of the things that, that Cub has uh, brought to you that um, that were perhaps unexpected? Um, how, how does your membership experience differ from what was you were expecting? I, I think I came into Cub um, not so much expecting, but seeing what I could what I could give to get out, um, and. What makes Cub great is that obviously with um, running the businesses, I have the flexibility of being there whenever I want. I can work from there. I can have meet clients there. So For, can, by there you mean the clubhouse? The clubhouse, Cubs, yes, clubhouse. yes. Um, so I could, so I can be there almost every day of the week if I want to. So by being there, I have the luxury of being able to meet um, other members and just randomly going up to people, introducing myself, or just saying, "Hey, you know, who are you? What do you do? What's your name?" And I think that's where I'm getting the most value out of, um, whether it's what value I can get give to them, what value they can give but, to me and making friendships. But how has your experience, so from what you were expecting, mm. before you joined, when you were talking anything on the phone at 7.30 in the morning, yeah. from what you were expecting to experience to what you experienced, is it different? Um, it is different because I went in there with sort of, I had an idea of what you do from what Anthony told me, but it wasn't until I was experiencing it hands-on on a day-to-day basis that I realised, I thought, this is really awesome. These are, these are awesome people. You know, these aren't people I can randomly meet on the street or anywhere that I can potentially be. So that's what made it great. And then what's made Cub really great was, I mean, you know, we had the Cub Accelerates, which are now the core, um, the, the, the talks that people give. That's, in my view, one of the best parts of Cub as well because you get to really um, have an understanding of what each business owner um, does and really their expertise, their experience in their particular field or in their particular business that they're doing. So, so that's really The impressive. services, basically our networking services you're saying yeah. work well. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're able to meet a bunch of people quickly and, yes. and get to know yes. them better. Yes, yes. Amazing. And, and we, we, what's, what's your favourite thing at Cub to get involved in? 
call, the call, conversations, the conversations, the social events. Social events. Can't have all of that. I, I can't have all of them. <laughs> Everything. The, the welcome evening. I'm feeling a bit deprived not being able to go to the welcome yeah, evenings I now. But welcome yeah. Do you remember your first welcome evening experience, Marcel? Yeah, were I do. you nervous? Or I was you? nervous because yeah, I was like, like your first day of school, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the members talked for about six minutes, so I was oh, like, no. I definitely don't have six minutes of stuff to yes, say. <laughs> it was. It was. No, we we tell everybody. Don't yammer on forever because, <laughs> A, business owners have a bad habit of thinking that everybody understands what they're talking about and they love talking about their business. But people just aren't that interested in sitting there listening to business for six minutes. Not and for it, six minutes. But no, no. Yeah. As an introduction, mm. you can't – this is what people forget. If you go – I'm going to get this out of there. When you ask to introduce yourself, no one gives a fuck if you start introducing a business – that is not you. Yeah. People, when you're trying to bond, when you're building a relationship, I'm not building a relationship with your business. I'm building a relationship with you as a person. Mm-hmm. I would rather know where you grew up, how many kids you have, how many, if you're married and what your favorite, um, what's that thing we get all members to do at court? Uh, what's one thing about yourself that typically only your family and friends would, would know about you? I'd rather know those things yeah. about you because that's what allows me to relate to you, to connect to you. I can't relate to a legal firm other than, well, odds are I'm probably going to need a divorce lawyer. One. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, but, but I, you know, do, do you see yeah. what I'm saying? So when members get there, it, it, and this doesn't happen too much anymore because obviously we make such an emphasis on it. Even in core we do it. Mm. But we say if you're trying to build a relationship with someone, don't try to sell them your business. Or, yeah. Sorry, not just sell, but don't, try to let, don't let them build a relationship with your business. Mm. Yeah. Right? And this goes to even when you're trying to sell. When you're trying to bond with someone, Bond with them through you, through who you are as a person. Mm. Yes, your business is something you're passionate about. It's something mm. that's a part of you, but it's just one small aspect. You as a person is what you're bringing forward to the table. You as a person is what someone is going to like and relate to. And when someone likes you, guess what? They're going to go out of their way to help you. Yeah. And then you've built a valuable relationship mm. and a, fr- a friend basically, mm. which is what we're in the business of doing, yeah. building friends. We're and, not- pe- and people judge people. So if they have a good impression of you as a person, you will get business. And I, th- I, think, that's, mm. I think that's happened to me and Monica. I think in general. Um, it's that's exactly the point. Yeah. That's exactly the point. It, but if you went in there and even, um, we can talk about cover, we can use it for any example. Anything. Like if you want to go make a sale – and you sit down and you just start yammering on about the business before you really connect with that human as a human. Correct. As a person as – connect with that person as a human. <laughs> and, Do you need SEO? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's not going to work. You, yeah. you need – people underestimate the power of just being you mm. and being able to just connect with someone else. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that we, we we make sure that all the new members coming through, for example, mm. the 60 new members tonight, we won't even let them speak that long about their business because, mm. A, they're just going to bore everyone and no one's going to want to talk to you after. Mm. That, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. We want you to be interesting. We want you to be short, concise. We want you to be personal. We want you to tell everyone why you're here and, and what yeah. you bring, what you what value you bring to for, to this community. Mm. Mm. You know, because when, when people know, wow, Monica is an expert in family law and if I – she's not going to charge me. If I have any questions, I can quickly ask her. Mm. If I'm in a situation, I know I can call Mon. I know that I like her because she spoke about herself and I relate to her. Mm. I can give Monica call and Monica would tell me just some quick things that I need to know yeah, anytime. Or Marcelo might even be able to help with it. When people know that, it opens up a channel of communication yeah. and it's not a, oh, if I call that person, they're going to sell to me. Mm. It's Definitely. A, yeah, because that's ugly. That's a, not a valuable mm. relationship. That is just a – that's not even a relationship. That's just an exchange. But the more you give, like the more mm. people know you're willing to give, the more they're going to trust you, the more they're going to – when they need it, they're going to they're gonna pay you for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And Anything that's of value is hard to be pushed on. Yes. You know, if you go to an expensive store and somebody's pushing you, like buy this thing that's $3,000, you probably don't want to do it. Mm. It only works if it's something low ticket. So – with Cub, because everyone is a business owner, it doesn't work to push on people anyway. That's a really interesting thought. I've never yeah. had that thought yeah. before. And, and, and I mean, when you are selling something of value, of, of high value, yeah. you do need to trust that it's a good purchase. And, exactly. And that trust maybe is what makes, it, is what makes you need um, 
that relationship with the other person. Exactly. I, I trust this person is selling me something that I do. It is a good suit fit for me. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And Correct. if I trust you, then I'm probably going to buy it. Exactly. That's really cool. That's yeah. a really cool thing. And I think that's like, especially in our separate professions in the sense, obviously myself with investing, myself with um, family law, um, because it's such a personal area with family law, um, they want to know that you can relate to them and understand what they're going through. And it works the same with investing. I mean, it's, it's, people's life savings or significant amount of money so they need to be able to have the trust that and the, the develop the rapport which is so important and so what are some of the ways that you would say you build trust with your clients whether it be before or during it, your relationship with them i think it's um you need to allow them to um vent so to speak um about their situation um, and show a lot of um, empathy towards the situation they're going through, even though you may have heard that same situation hundreds of times. It's unique to them and it's something they haven't gone through before and you need to be able to give them the time of day so that they can express what they feel, so that they feel that you actually care about what they're going through. And for us, I would say it's two two main things. It's confidence and competence. I don't think anyone would dispute that Monica knows a lot about law. She's clearly very competent. I don't think anyone would dispute that I know a lot about investing. I think it's very obvious yeah. and comes across that I'm knowledgeable about what I do. And then we both present confidently. So that creates an immediate trust because if someone's super knowledgeable, they present well, you've got that instant feeling of comfort. Um, plus we're not pushy. Um, so I think two things that we do well to build trust are make people very comfortable that we're experts in our field um, and that we're comfortable telling people that we're experts in our field. Yeah, and, and what I like, uh, what what else I like is that what well, you were saying, Mon, that relates to any business. Really, you should be any business can listen to the client and just really understand. Like, really, what you said is, you you first you understand what they want. Yeah, you understand yes. what their problem exactly. is. Exactly, yes. and then not just do you understand their problem, but you're actually empathetic towards it. Yeah. In that, okay. Let's you know, I I that that is a problem. Let's solve that problem, and and and, and then that's where your mm. competence comes in, and yes. confidence comes in, because the yes. person goes, okay, I just vented my problem. Mm. Then they showed signs of empathy to my problem, so like I like this person, and now they're confident mm. and competent in that they can solve the problem for me. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go with this. Exactly, person. Yeah. exactly yeah, and, right. And that, that that's quite a quite a nice process. Mm. And tell me, have you? So you're at the end. So you're in the second part of. Uh, in your membership life so you're in the second stage which mm. is the network growth stage and yeah. um, that's your second and third year but mm. by the end of your by the end of every member's third year so by the end of this year for mm. you you should be able to confidently say that it would be impossible for you to have a network as good as you've got without have joining without have without having joined cup Oh, I think I, we can, I, I can personally say that now. Already? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean, and look, I mean, I never expected to join CUB and um, start a law practice with another CUB member. That was never sort of my intention and it was not even something I thought of because it was just beyond the scope of thinking mm -hmm. something like that. So um, I, I, I think I've had my value within the first four weeks of joining CUB. Awesome. Well, that, that was actually going to be the question I leave. Mm -hmm. do, do you feel like you've grown in that way? <laughs> yeah. That's good. And what about you? What about you, Marcelo? No, I, 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 there's some members that I'm I'm actually very grateful that they've joined because they're just such phenomenal people. I'm glad that they give their time to join. Um, so there's no question that um, it would be hard to meet them. It's it's kind of cool because for us to keep doing a good job as a club, really, like for us to keep serving you, essentially, mm -hmm. we actually have to go find new people to yeah. introduce you to. Yeah. That's essentially what we get it's paid to do. Yeah. You know, like we get paid to sell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we got to do. Yeah. It's funny to think about, but that's what, of course we, we have Alice and, and, and the engagement team who, who put the systems in place that allow the members to connect, like core, like the yeah. conversations, like the welcome evenings, like yeah. the social things we do. But really, if we didn't have more people for you to meet, it would be pointless to join. If mm -hmm. Those structures would be pointless. So our job, our full-time job is to grow your network for you mm -hmm. and to help you meet the best people possible within that network. I think yeah. Cubs also um, given an opportunity just to grow from a business point of view um, like, as a business person. So, um, I mean, Paul Hot sits on exponential um, board but – which is Marcelo's investment it's company. About, yes, it is. But, you know, Marcelo introduced me to Paul. Um, I remember Paul was at a welcome evening and he, he mentioned that he does um, uh, 
something in the space of um, what, in the currently or in the past? In, when, when at the time when he had joined yep. Cub, well, he so, was in the rag trade, so he yeah, was doing mm. yeah, fashion. And then, and then he was sort of in the incontinence sort of field a little bit. Yes, um, and I found um, anyway. So I, I met Paul, and we, we've you know become great friends. And um, he sort of introduced me to the Pain Foundation um, of the Royal North Shore Hospital. So um, you know, not being a part of Cub, not me- meeting someone like Paul. That wouldn't have given me that opportunity as a as a business well, person I, to grow. I, so explain that though. I, I, so are you on the board at the Royal, at the hospital at the, at the, of the pan in the Pan Foundation of, of the, the pain pain foundation? Yes. So the yes. pain the the Royal North Shore Hospital's pain foundation. Mm-hmm. You're on the board yes. of and and Paul Hotz is also on that board. Yes. And so by meeting, so Marcelo introduced you to Paul. Yes. Who's on the who was on the the board of the Royal North Shore Hospital and mm-hmm. then Paul. Nominated me. Nominated you to join yes. the board too. That's yes. pretty much the pecking order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sits on my board, Monica sits yeah. on their board. <laughs> Do you see how yeah. see how just being in the right room with the right people yes. yeah. gives yes. you access? I mean, being on the board of a hospital like a Royal North Shore Hospital. It's not the hospital, it's the yes, pain foundation. The pain yeah. foundation. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's still the pain foundation. Make it sound better hospital. than Daniel. <laughs> well, no, the point is when you're telling someone that I'm on the board, on a board for the Royal North Shore Hospital, is Paul on the actual board? Or is he on the pain it, foundation? He's on the board? pain foundation yeah. board, yeah. So when, when you're telling someone I'm on the I'm on a board for the Royal North Shore Hospital, that's a big deal. That's a social proof. That means mm-hmm. you're that like people could be confident that the hospital is going to have good people on their board. Definitely. And that's a huge play card for you in any in any sense. Of but that's what Cub has given the opportunity mm-hmm. um, to give. Yeah. It's yeah. what what Cub did mm-hmm. and what we do is we give the opportunity for business owners to become friends. Is yeah. We're friends makers for business owners. Correct. We, we, we build valuable relationships. And, but we, sorry, we, we give the opportunity to build valuable yeah. relationships because we can't do that for you. Mm-hmm. If you're a, if you're a, uh, if you're a jerk, no one's going to like you. We yeah. can't help that. You're yeah. a jerk. We just have to kick you out of the club. That's yeah. it. But we give the opportunity for accomplished entrepreneurs to, to build strong friendships and relationships with mm. others in their position. Mm. And what comes from that has nothing to do with Cub. That's why we don't charge after anything. We, char- we, we, we charge we, – you pay your membership fees mm. so that you have the opportunity yeah. to continue building valuable relationships. Mm-hmm. And what comes after that, that's mm-hmm. all – you. That's all. That's yeah. all the relationship. That's all the members. That's that's the and, and that's exactly an example of something they could. That's a super cool story. I mean, look, it's the same. We're like, if you know, obviously we both have the the practice. Marcelo has exponential and things, but it's even the opportunity you get that you know, if I meet someone, um, whether it's f- for law related or whatever reason, there's always that opportunity that you know, if when I get to know them, it's like, oh, you know what, you might benefit from meeting Marcelo. So we have that cross. Yeah thing that we do because obviously Marcelo is brilliant to what he does. So I know if I refer that person to Marcelo, um, knowing how good he is at what he does, it has gives me the confidence that I know if I refer them, it's he and will build versa, on that yeah. sort of confidence as well. Again, that's the power of a friendship. Right? That's why our ethos at Cub has always been if to, to make members friends. That's why we don't just introduce people. Like we're getting away from the whole just connecting you once to someone. Yeah. yeah. Because – that's not – we're in the business of building relationships. Mm. That takes time. It takes meeting multiple times. Mm, it takes mm, the mm. right environment and the, yes. the structure. Mm. Um, um, and the reason that's always been our ethos is to make friends is because when you're friends with someone, mm. you'll do what you said, Mon. You'll actually go out of your way to help mm. that yes. person. They're okay. at the top of your mind. Yeah. And when you're not friends with someone, that's not the case. Yeah. And that's why at Cub you have those what we call the two – um, your two networks you're going to grow, which I'm sure, which I'd love to ask your guys' opinion mm-hmm. on it. But internally with the team, we talk about each member has two, uh, I guess, yeah, network groups within their club. Mm-hmm. You've got your core group, which has nothing to do with actual core other than mm-hmm. that helps them. We yes. just call it the core because it's the center group. Yes. They're your your friends actually mm-hmm. that you make a club. Mm-hmm. They're the maybe you build six to nine of them each year mm-hmm. and they're your actual they're, – they're, they're, Valuable relationships. They're at the mm-hmm. top of your mind. You you, call, you probably call yourself really good friends with those people. Mm-hmm. That's your core group. They're mm-hmm. the ones that are going to drive 80% of the value. They're going to go out of their way mm-hmm. to uh, to help you. And then you've got your like your cub network, which is which may be people you've met before. It may be um, people that you've never met. It doesn't matter. They're part of cub. And as part of cub, we know that if we get asked to help, well, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. We have to. That's part of being here. Otherwise, yes. mm-hmm. you get booted anyway. Mm-hmm. So you, you, every member needs to remember there's those two kind of Excellent. circles. Yeah, do you find – have you found that to be evident? 
definitely. There's some there's some really great um, people that I hang out with um, all the time from from Cub, like Sonia, who's a phenomenal member. You're saying the, that like friends? Yeah, course, we're yeah. just we're just friends. We, we hang dinner. out. We have we go to dinners. dinners. It's really good. And then there's other members that you're a bit more distant with, but you they're still in your network. Mm. They're still in your mind. If you ask them for something, they would do it for you. They yeah, absolutely. You yeah, and that's important for people. That's really important for people to know. Why don't we – we've talked up cup a fair bit. I wouldn't mind picking both of your brains on your areas of expertise. Mon, why don't you share with us a few, um, I guess, a few maybe essentials that everybody should know before getting married? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a crash guide. Get a prenup. <laughs> no, well, I agree. So no. Would you recommend everyone gets a prenup? Uh, no, I probably wouldn't recommend everyone gets a prenup. Mm-hmm. Um Prenups are more for preserving um, assets that you may previously have had. Previously so if, have had. If your family has assets. You don't want a partner to come and break up the family trust. Um, it's, it's, well, perhaps assets that you know you will inherit, because assets which are your family, you're not necessarily going to inherit. So it's not going to be so yes. much of an issue. But um, assets that you know you may inherit, um, assets where you're potentially a, a trustee or a shareholder um, of you know of a company that's sort of operated maybe like by your parents um, so where you derive sort of an income or some sort of distribution from it. So those sorts of things. Um, and then just assets that you may have acquired. So, you know, when it comes to sort of business owners, you know, there are many business owners who have extremely valuable um, businesses. So you don't – you want to be able to, you know, protect that as, as much as possible if, if you're going to enter into a relationship or, or – decide to get married because you can have a prenup obviously if you intend to marry or because that's the colloquial term or or um, an agreement where you decide to you know live with someone not necessarily marry so i want to get back to the whole living situation Mm -hmm. because that's that's particularly relevant but let's say i'm going to get married in five years and um by that point i've obviously got cub i've got all the assets i've accumulated Mm -hmm. now and, and within that five years i also have um inheritance family assets and things like that of which as you said they're the ones that i'm that i would get i'm using just i'm making things up right now i'm just speaking um um so really a prenup you could say okay from the point we're married everything we acquire after that we that's that's us yes yeah but from before that point no mm-hmm. that's 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 where the line stays separate and a pre, that's not all prenups there can be anything but that that's that's what you're saying you can do that you can yes. say so from here onwards from here back mm-hmm. from the point we're married and before no that's that you don't touch that if it goes wrong mm-hmm. however anything we build together after yes is yes. um split that that's a very simple way of looking at it yes but it, it can become complex obviously because you know you don't sort of live in a vacuum where you don't touch your assets for the benefit of your relationship. So you might say, hey, I've got this house, let's draw the equity and buy another house together. So what happens in that situation? So you have provisions in the agreement um, which says, well, what's going to happen if I've drawn equity from my house, if we break up, I want that that, that amount of money back plus a sort of an interest position in so far as, you know, the value of that next asset is going to go up. So, I mean, the last um, financial agreement that I did was about 50, 50 pages because it allowed for all these – you basically have to have a crystal ball to look at what's going to happen in this relationship. What happens if we buy houses? What happens if I sell something I have to buy a, a house together? How do we divide it? Is it a, a fixed 50-50 that we just split it or do is it based on the contributions that we put into it? Is it just based on the contributions of the capital put in or is it also take into account perhaps, um, you know, how you're going to pay for the mortgages and then you look at, you know, how are we going to hold the assets? Is it 50-50 or is it based on contributions? So is it like 75-25? So all those sorts of things. And then you've got to put in sort of formulas to work out how it's going to be divided and, you know, how you're going to potentially you're going to have operate joint accounts or separate accounts. What happens if you split up? Whose house are we living in? Who's going to move out first? How much notice do we have to give? So it's a huge amount of... Um, well, we just opened Pandora's box. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's, that's why you exactly never want how to... your brain works. That's <laughs> why you... Boom, 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 boom. There's a lot of things you, you need can to see why out. a bad prenup would fail. Yeah. Because it's just like lawyers would not put one of the many millions of provisions in and then it would be worth nothing. And and, and tell tell me about um, tell me about the living together situation. So let's say I move someone into here um, next year mm-hmm. and w- what does that mean? Does that mean they own half my house? No. 
No, so that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> they own all of it. No. <laughs> um, no, they don't. It's so if you're if you're in a de facto relationship, it's it's a, two years that you're generally waiting before you you can, you can make a claim. But then there's obviously always exceptions to the rule. Um, if you start, you know, contributing significantly, if they're paying for the mortgage or they're paying, well, if it's not rent, it doesn't matter. But if they're paying for the mortgage or you know you draw the equity and you decide to buy something together or if your partner decides to draw equity from her house and puts it towards the mortgage on this house for for whatever financial gain. So it's not such a blanket sort of rule in so far as... If you could blanket it, how long does someone have to live with you before that they can claim anything from you? But after two years, even if you don't... So at the two-year mark... Yeah. So break up a year and 11 months before. before. (laughs) So at the two-year mark, they actually have a claim over... Potentially, yes. But but then you look at things like, well, what's the contribution? Short relationships up to five years, people pretty much walk – what they walk in is what they walk out with. But then if you throw children into the mix, that totally changes the whole the okay. whole formula as well. Okay. So, so, so really the two-year mark, like for my situation, mm-hmm. I don't have kids or anything like that, if they never paid rent – well, yeah, they would. They wouldn't have entire. No. So really, I just gotta make sure. No, if you live here, you don't pay rent. Is that correct? <laughs> well, if they're paying rent, if, if you're renting this property and they're paying rent, I own this. Okay. What I'm saying is, if yeah. I didn't charge them rent, yes, then that's fine. I'm cool. Yeah. Well, I don't have to worry about the fact or anything like that. No, no. Well, I mean, if if they would be paying rent, then they they'd be saying, well, I've made some contribution because I'm paying rent. So it's probably better for you if you don't charge. Don't charge rent. Rent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good. Yeah, well, I mean, because yeah, yeah. if they try to make a claim, lose they lose a bit say, of money in the short term, but yes. gain a bigger long term. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's good to know. Is there anything else I should move know in? And I'm going to do you a favour. I'm not yeah. going to charge no you rent. any rent. Zero rent. <laughs> There's no that contribution. No I love food. You. No nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get everything. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to pay your rent. <laughs> You're going to owe me the entities. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, there's other factors that play into it because then, for example, say your partner moves in. Um, doesn't pay anything and she has or he has an investment property and they're renting it out, um, you're not deriving any benefit out of it. And, in fact, you're saying, well, hold on, you lived in my house rent-free. You were able to rent out your place. That's to some extent an indirect contribution by you to that. Therefore, I should be You can claim for that. <laughs> there we are. That. <laughs> See how good it is this when is you pay? Good <laughs> this, this is exactly why I'm a member of this club. It's so not, yeah, it's learn not, useful information. That's right. Like this. <laughs> oh, good. That's right. so cool. Friends and, with benefits type thing. Okay. And any other quick hot tips you want to throw my way? Um. Just get choose, a will done. Choose, choose, get a will. That's important. If you've got assets, definitely yeah. have a will done. Yeah. Um, choose the right partner so you don't have a problem later yeah. down the track. Well, I'd say that's probably the most, <laughs> Laura, the most important. Laura's just sitting there nodding her head. Finally, she's like, finally, someone that makes sense. Yes. Choose <laughs> yeah. the right partner. I agree. Be that's on the, the most same important page, yeah. thing. Yeah. And are there any ways that you, any trends you've seen as far as relationships that don't work? Um, there's a seven year itch rule. Okay. Um, and a 14 year itch. Explain that to us. Seven year itch people, a lot of relationships, if they survive seven years, it, they should be go. okay, but if up to seven years, it's around the seven year mark. People start to get a bit restless. What? What? Why? I, I don't know. I've never really um might might need to ask Eileen why that is. Yeah, our, our genius psychologist, I call. But um, that's what we found. People get a bit. Uh, and and what's quite interesting there, it's kind of like a business. If you survive five years, you're in good. If you <laughs> yes. survive ten years, you're really good. So yes. with yeah. a, a marriage is like. It shouldn't be considered something that's easy. It should be considered like a business. It should be something that you do have to work towards. You know, yeah, you yes, it's it's fun it. and you love it, like yeah. work, but mm-hmm. also there's things you have to work towards. Yes. And the longer you drag the marriage, the longer you get it, the higher your odds of succeeding are. Mm. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> but there are those. I've had clients who are 70, 75 and they split up and I go, if you've survived that long, what's another yeah, well, few yeah. years? Honestly, you're, yeah, you probably might not even be alive for another few years. Well, actually, interestingly, I had a client once who who's um, – They'd been married for 35 years or so. It was a, it was a very long relationship. And um, um, she ca- came to me. She says, I can't do it anymore. It's unbearable. Um, and then she found out her husband was not well. And I said, you're better off staying because you'll get all of it if I organise a property <laughs> settlement. <laughs> That's ruthless. <laughs> Smart though. You'll only get half. And she goes, okay. She goes, I said, well, but let me know. And then he unfortunately did pass away. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to edit that part. That's too ruthless. Oh, okay, I take that back. That's too ruthless. <laughs> no, not you, the whole story. <laughs> Okay, it's, it's, it's the legal side of life. Do well, that, I mean? well it is you sad. know what? We should keep that in. Do you know why? You know what? It was my job to give her the advice. Yes, and you gave her the advice. But I did tell her as well. I said, look, you know, maybe you want to be there for your husband on his last moments, on his, you know, when 
he's and not well. It. And she and she rang me. She goes, you know, I I will do that. She goes, and I appreciate your consideration in. And you act, yeah. and you get paid to act within her best interest. Correct. And that's exactly what yeah. you did. Yeah. And if Good. I didn't tell her, she could potentially have um, sued me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. Marcelo, what about you? Why don't you shed a bit of light on um, investments and, and some of your theories behind uh, investing in, in, in equities? Definitely. So I think with investment, it's great to have a strategy for what you want to do for your fi- your own financial future. So if you're just starting out in business, you might want to invest $1,000 a month. If you do better, you might invest $10,000, $50,000 a month. Um, and then thinking long-term, how are you going to use this as a strategy to build wealth? So what we focus on is getting people to a point that they're wealthy. Um, and we've done that um, very successfully. What's considered wealthy? More than $5 million. Okay. So after five million, you consider that that's what you consider wealthy. Yeah. Or to, to to get to five million, to yeah. you know, on the path to five million. And so, how does someone go about building a strategy? So we work with clients to build a portfolio for them. So what we do is we look at their risk profile, their family situation, um, how how much income they need. People can invest to supplement the income and get a passive income on the side, or they can invest to just grow that. So we, we would do that. We would sit down with them and, and build out a strategy. And then we would also work out a contribution strategy of how much, you know, they want to invest monthly, how much they want to. We don't give financial advice, but we just, you know, do rules of thumb. And, and what's a good return on investment annual? Well, anything above eight is, is phenomenal. Um, so and is, that's what you aim for? No, we, we aim for 15. <laughs> well, we aim for 15 yeah. um, and we've, we've gotten 20. Um, but if anything above eight is really, really good. Good. So if anyone's making investments out there, yeah, if they're making eight percent, they 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 should be very happy. Yes, awesome. and that's yeah, why we aim to never ever offer below eight percent. We offer nine percent for the fixed return, and then the equities. We hope we can make people a lot. And, and and what are some trends in the market you're seeing now or in the past, um, other than the, te- the obviously obvious tech and digital? space so, going up so i'll give you some not obvious ones anything that's in the real economy as in anything that is not growth related is coming under heavy heavy pressure so for example like colgate or anything like packaged goods people are becoming more and more sensitive so people will really shop um for example the cheapest hair product the cheapest shampoo the cheapest conditioner the cheapest toothpaste um, the cheapest meat, that's coming under heavy, heavy pressure. Um, and then the private label brands are really putting a lot of pressure on these companies. So anything that's commodity related is um, coming under a lot of pressure. What, what do you mean by what, what does that mean though? Um, coming a lot of pressure, what does that mean? As in the, the, the prices are going down, the competition is going up and the market share is eroding. So Okay, so they're not good investors. They're not. So. Well, I would not think so. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Investing is a, is a all opinions, obviously. Yeah. So your opinion is that things of that nature are not good investments. Yeah, and there's a lot of fact to substantiate that. Like with people like Costco, for example, that's taken a lot of brand share away from the from the main brands. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And guys, before we wrap up, um, I want to ask a couple questions, Monica. What is what is your favourite thing about Cup? Look, it's impacted me um, significantly in a sense. Um, you know, Matt Marcello <laughs> was able to do the law practice together. That's um, set a different traje- trajectory, you know, for your um, career. from my career. We're investing the profits from the practice. So that's a great financial sort of path that's going now, which is really, really, truly fantastic. Um potential things that will um, follow through from, you know, setting up the law practice overseas as well um, and just sort of other ideas that were sort of developing slowly sort of behind the scenes kind of thing. So and just meeting really and truly wonderful people, which I, I really think I couldn't have met if it wasn't for Cub and will continue to meet and, you know, the friendships and just it's a different calibre of people, you know. I I I. I think I may have said once to you before, it's, you know, um, meeting people at Cub is like sort of, you know, walking from Central Station down to the rocks. You sort of, <laughs> you see the change and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you sort of get to the rocks and that's kind of Cub. And <laughs> cool. I like that. And that, I like you know, that. Yeah. I'm just moving to the rocks. Yeah. So there Are we you? go. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's what's 
been fantastic and it's just an enjoyable place to go. Like you, it, it's not a drag. Like it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to go because I've got to meet someone. But, you know, it's like, oh, this is cool. And you go there with the intention of getting lots of work done. But that doesn't happen. Not that it's a bad thing because you get to, you know, talk to people and. Are oh, you talking about yeah. visiting the clubhouse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, that's true. Everyone we actually goes do need to fix that though because that's something that a few members have said. No, it's a good thing. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I think yes, it's fun. But, but, it, but also members should be able to utilise the clubhouse because members don't use the clubhouse that often, most members. So when they do go there, they should be able to, if they want to focus, focus. So we're, we're creating actually in our quarterly meeting there's going to be uh, new clubhouse rules that are going to mm. have like areas that I don't speak to the people that they're working okay. and areas of, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to talk or areas yeah. that I'm in a meeting. That's so fair enough. yeah, that way we have a bit more things. So have awesome. like a talk free zone or something. Yeah, and <laughs> one thing, yeah, literally, You'll no, never be in there, that there zone. Will, there will, <laughs> <laughs> no, there will be though. Yes, there yes. will be. Okay. And um, it, that, that's definitely true. What I love you said, it, it's actually fun being involved in carbon. We do that on purpose. We say that every engagement that every member has should be both enjoyable and valuable. Mm. And the reason is, that business is hard enough as it is. We don't want to work more. Mm. We want to feel like we're not working at mm. Cub while benefiting ourselves yes. and our business. And, yes. and that's very Cub. That's good to hear. Mm. And Marcelo, I guess my question for you would be, what would you say to someone who is uh, considering joining the club but has no, who has not yet? I'd say experience the club. I'd say come and meet some of the people, come and hang out with some of the people, talk to them. And if you – Think highly of those people, there'll be 300 other people like that. Mm. And if for some reason you don't think highly of the people, you're probably not the right fit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And I, I would say that anyone who's a quality business owner will identify other quality business owners mm. and you'll not have a problem um, doing that at Cub. Awesome. I love that. Guys, thank you so much. This was Thanks, our first Tony. episode of Cub Success Stories. So I wanted to celebrate Pinto Lama Lawyers, the birth of it, uh, the, the uh, business union of you two and and uh, highlight, I guess, the other uh, experiences you've had in the club. Uh, to the listeners, I hope we didn't just talk Cub up too much the whole time. I tried to make it as as um, as interesting as possible. But, guys, thank you so much for being the first Cub success stories we've Thanks, had on Jane. the podcast. Thank you for being members. You are incredibly loved and valued and um, we hope to have you as members for many, 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 many years to Definitely. come. And before we wrap up, I forgot – if members want to reach out to someone, if members need a lawyer, specifically a family lawyer, or I mean, your firm is a general practice firm, Pinto Lawyers, anyway, Pinto Lama. Um, yes, with, with specialist lawyers. So our lawyers are specialists in their particular field of law. Yeah. So I mean, so they can come to you for any legal, but any legal advice. But Mon, you're a family law expert. So any members, whoever, or or, or listeners, I always forget. There's thousands of people listening, and mm. we only have. Uh, just over a thousand members, so most of them aren't even. I mean, do you want to hear a cool story? Actually, this is so off topic. One of the members told us the other day that um, his daughter's friends, um, um, professor at the University of Queensland, encouraged her to listen to this podcast. Wow! <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Isn't that random? <laughs> How random is that? Anyway, awesome. what were we talking about? Oh yeah. Um. So if anyone wants to reach out to Mon for family law advice, it doesn't have to be to use Monica's service, but even just to talk and, and to ask. Um, Mon, what's the? how can people reach to you, the website? Yeah, through the website, pintolama.com. Or uh, just go to cub.club forward slash podcast and Monica and Marcelo's uh, profile and episode will be up there. You'll have the uh, LinkedIn uh, links. You'll have the Pintolama lawyer links. You'll have uh, all sorts of things, uh, favourite quotes and stuff that you should definitely check out. Marcelo. If anyone wants to reach out to you for um, to, um, to make some smart investments or or to, to get into the uh, equity into the stock market, um, um, they can reach you the same way, I guess. Exactly. Club club forward slash podcast to get your contact details. Absolutely. Otherwise, reach out to the club. Otherwise, go to Pinto Lama Lawyers. And what's uh, your investment company called again? Exponential Investing. So they can go to exponentialinvesting.com.au. Yes, absolutely. And also reach out to you there. Absolutely. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Danny. Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show.